Welcome back, Hemming Brainiacs, to the podcast talking about Aubrey DeVere and George Fox. I liked them both. And um, if you can remember the names of any other poets I've said I've liked, please do remind me. Because I'm starting to regret that I um, never wrote down the names of the poets I liked from this book. Uh, that was silly. And I've only really... Uh, started to regret not doing that now that we're 800 poets in or something like that, or 800 pages, maybe I should say. Anyway, Swim says, I'm officially says, about all the internet says about De Vere is he was a poet in the tradition of the Romantics and was greatly admired by Wor- or and he greatly admired Wordsworth, uh, and it had nothing to say about George Fox. Wow, okay. So some obscure poets, but that's cool. Uh, my internet naturally went to George Fox's sorrow since I'm grieving my recently departed dad, says Techrific. I guess it's supposed to be some words of wisdom on how to approach grief, and I get the sentiment he's trying to convey. Since my sorrow is more recent, I found an anonymous poem written by a Greek bureaucrat at the Ministry of Health to be more akin to my own sentiments on the subject. I've translated it to English, and I leave it here for your consideration. Consolation can come from the strangest places, and the Grecian Ministry of Health happened to be one such place for me. I read this at my father's funeral. Sorrow is a wild beast. It cannot be tamed. It's a creature born from broken promises and missteps. We shall always be together. I shall never leave you. Everything will be all right. Regardless of how sincere such assurances can be, one day they will fail, and we will wander around in our rooms in shock. Hurt by words such as move on and prevail. We hustle this wild beast back into the darkness. We try to fight against it. One night it comes to beg for mercy, demands to be seen. Maybe sorrow cannot be tamed, but it can be loved. Acoustic Girl says that last line. Thank you for sharing. Sorry about your father. Hope you find peace. Yeah. um, I'll... uh, I'll, I'll say the same, you know. Sorry about your dad. That sucks. Um, yeah, and I hope you're all right, man. Um, all right. Who have we got in store for us today? It's Emily Bronte. Um, there's only four pages of Emily Bronte. I thought there'd be more, but here we go. 1818... Died 1838, and I believe she... Wait, am I thinking of Emily Bronte? Did she write um, Wuthering Heights? Yeah, she did. Um, She was a very gothic sort of lady and died in the most gothic fashion possible. Her death, her real death, suited her so much that it it seems like fiction, but... um, I won't recount the story right now because I I would just be sort of recounting it from a few years back of hearing it. It's something to do with a graveyard and septic water and all kinds of <laughs> eerie stuff. She basically got poisoned by the off-run of a graveyard that was uphill from her house or maybe even on the same block or something like that. But um, yeah, dead people juice it ended up killing her. Um, but maybe in the comments we can get the, the real story, not my um, paraphrased version. First poet, 
fittingly is called my lady's grave. The linnet in the rocky dells, the moorlark in the air, the bee among the heather bells that hide my lady fair. The wild deer browse above her breast, the wild birds raise their brood, and they, her smiles of love caressed, have left her solitude. I ween that when the grave's dark wall did first her form retain, they thought their hearts could never recall the light of joy again. They thought the tide of grief would flow unchecked through future years, but where is all this anguish now, and where are all their tears? Well, let them fight for honour's breath, or pleasure's shade pursue. The dweller in the land of death is changed, and careless too. And if their eyes should watch and weep till sorrow's source were dry, she would not in her tranquil sleep return a single sigh. Blow west wind by the lonely mound, and murmur summer streams. There is no need of other sound to soothe my lady's dreams. Remembrance is the next poem. Cold in the earth, and the deep snow piled above thee, far, far removed, cold in the dreary grave, have I forgot my only love to love thee, severed at last by time's all-savoring wave, severing wave. Now, when alone, do my thoughts no longer hover over the mountains on that northern shore, resting their wings where heath and fern leaves cover thy noble heart forever, evermore. Cold in the earth and fifteen wild Decembers from those brown hills have melted into spring, faithful indeed is the spirit that remembers after such years of change and suffering. Sweet love of youth, forgive if I forget thee, while the world's tide is bearing me along, other desires and hopes, and other hopes beset me, hopes which obscure but cannot do thee wrong. No later light has lightened up my heaven, no second morn has ever shone for me, all my life's bliss from thy dear life was given, all my life's bliss is in the grave with thee. But when the days of golden dreams had perished, and even despair was powerless to destroy, then I, then did I learn how existence could be cherished, strengthened and fed without the aid of joy. Then did I check the tears of useless passion, weaned my young soul from yearning after thine, sternly denied its burning wish to hasten down to that tomb already more than mine. And even yet I dare not let it languish, dare not indulge in memory's rapturous pain, once drinking deep of that divinest anguish, divinest anguish, sorry, once drinking deep of that divinest anguish, how could I seek to empty world again? How could I, oh man, I suck. Once drinking deep of that divinest anguish, how could I seek the empty world again? There we go. You can't, uh, you can't mess up the last line of the poem, can you? That's just not cool. Um, here we go. The next one's called The Prisoner. Still let my tyrants know I am not doomed to wear, year after year in gloom and desolate despair, a messenger of hope comes every night to me and offers for short life eternal liberty. He comes with western winds, with evening's wandering airs, with that clear dusk of heaven that brings the thickest stars, Winds take a pensive tone, and stars tend a fire, and visions rise and change that kill me with desire, desire for nothing known in my maturer years, when joy grew mad with awe at counting future tears, when, if my spirit's sky was full of flashes warm, I knew not whence they came from sun or thunderstorm, 
At first a hush of peace, a soundless calm descends, the struggle of distress and fierce impatient ends. Mute music soothes my breast, unuttered harmony that I could never dream till earth was lost to me. Then dawns the invisible, the unseen, it, its truth reveals. My outward sense is gone, my inward essence feels. Its wings are almost free, its home, its harbour found. Measuring the gulf, it stoops and dares the final bound. Oh, dreadful is the check, intense the agony. When the ear begins to hear and the eye begins to see. When the pulse begins to throb and the brain to think again. The soul to feel the flesh and the flesh to feel the chain. Yet I would lose no sting, would wish no torture less. The more that anguish racks, the earlier it will bless. And robed in fires of hell, or bright with heavenly shrine, shine. If it but herald death, the vision is divine. Very cool. I liked that. That was uh, that was good. <clears throat> Last lines. No coward soul is mine, no trembler in the world's storm troubles fear. I see heaven's glory shine, and faith shines equal, arming me from fear. O God, within my breast, almighty, ever-present deity, life that in me has rest, as I, undying life, have power in thee. Vain are the thousand creeds that move men's hearts, unutterably vain, worthless as withered weeds, or idle frosts froth amid the boundless main, to waken doubt in one holding so fast by thine infinity, so surely anchored on the steadfast rock of immortality. With wide embracing love thy spirit animates eternal years, pervades and broods above, changes, sustains, dissolves, creates and rears. Though earth and man were gone, the suns and universe ceased to be, and thou were left alone, every, exis every existence would exist in thee. There is not room for death, nor atom that his might could render void, though thou thou art being and breath, and what thou art may never be destroyed. Emily Bronte, ladies and gentlemen, very cool, very good poems. I, I really liked those. Add them to the list. I shall add them to the list of ones that I liked. I feel like as we are getting more and more modern with our poets... We're now, where are we, 1818 to 1848, was that one? Um, I feel like I'm going to start liking more and more as we approach the end of the book. Maybe. I could be wrong. But I have liked the last three poets in a row, which is rare. All right. Thank you for listening. See you tomorrow.